Hello everybody and welcome back for another bonus episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name is Anthony. How you doing, Anthony? I'm fantastic. I'm actually awesome. really good. Yeah. Excellent. That's great yeah. to hear. It's a weird midday recording for us. We're recording this on our lunch break. Yeah. You had some plans tonight, so our yes. regularly scheduled five o'clock stuff is going to happen now yes so, which is which, which is, is fun. cool the, yeah yeah, yeah it's I, I got to wake up this morning and i i had to watch star trek before i went to work you know <laughs> oh no <I> thought, oh <laughs> man i'm so upset about that well this episode the second episode Kayshawn, his eyes open just go ahead and read the little blurby blurb here on uh, imdb our lower deckers have trouble bonding with ensign jet manhaver who has been assigned boimler's bunk and shift duties Meanwhile, we get a glimpse of Boimler's life on the USS Titan, which is more intense than he thought it would be. So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, just wait for you oh. to admit that I was right and that Boimler would be rejoining the the, the Cerritos this episode. <laughs> the thing is, yes, you predicted he would rejoin this next episode. I predicted he wouldn't till at least the end of the season. And before we go any further, people listening, we're going to spoil everything very, very soon. <laughs> We're both right. We were both right. You are correct. Boimler did come back. We don't know which one is the clone. Like, they knew which one was the clone. Did they? And then we immediately skipped to another scene, and they never established which one stayed on the Titan and which one came back. Did his clone stay on the Titan? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What I'm if, not going to take money on clone... I'm not going to bet any... No gold-pressed latinum is being put on the table for this. What if the person who stayed on the Titan does join the Cerritos crew? Does that mean both of our predictions are correct? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I don't see uh, that happening anytime soon, but it's, I mean, I feel like it's just their way of getting us kind of back to status quo on the Cerritos, which these last few episodes have really been about doing, but also maybe still getting some glimpses of what's going on with the Titan, fighting the pack leads and whatever else is going on there. I mean, possibly. This show takes a couple liberties, obviously, oh, on the oh, way really? it handles Star Trek. But I think that in some way, Boimler staying on the Titan was something that I had hoped for, as well as hoped against. So I think this is the the best of both worlds. Yeah. Ah. Oh, nice, nice. So this show, or this particular episode, we didn't talk about last week's ratings because there weren't that many but yeah, we caught it pretty early yeah strange energies sitting at 7.2 out of 10 okay 261 ratings and Kayshawn his eyes open sitting at 7.8 based on 13 ratings so small sample size so we don't have a whole lot of information but i'll just go ahead and just hit us off your initial thoughts and opinions go this should have been the opener like <laughs> this is okay. such a shift from the last episode Last week's episode, the season two opener, I felt was a decent middling filler episode, which I don't know if you should have filler episodes in a 10 episode season. I mean, I say that X-Files did a filler episode in a six episode season, and it was the best episode of that season. So I guess you can do it, <laughs> but that's not how you start. It just felt weaker than season one in almost every way, okay. except for giant Pac-Man ransom head. This is a fantastic episode for one Kayshawn, his eyes open. Kayshawn's, I like Kayshawn. I like that the children's, the children of Tamara, Tamaria. I'm going to miss, I'm going to go look that up real quick before I mess up. <laughs> yeah. I like that the, the, the Tamarians 
are part of Starfleet. He's the, they mentioned, I think he's the first one. So they may or may not be in the Federation. You know, you don't have to be a Federation member to join Starfleet, or at least your, your planet doesn't have to be. Right. I like that they let him have the sash with the little blade on it. I like when Starfleet allows those small cultural references in their uniforms, whether it's Bajoran with the earring or Worf with his, I, I forget what that's called, sash. Sash. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's an actual <laughs> sash, technical yeah. military term for yeah. it. I'm losing it right now. Baldric? Baldric? Baldric. Yes, it is a Baldric. Yeah. Why do uh, I know very, very cool. I Because I think we talked about it on the pod once. <laughs> <laughs> like recently uh, so he's got his own baldric with a little blade on it looks great like i love the idea of replacing their tactical officer with another non-human that's cool and having it be a reference to what i believe to be one of the best next generation episodes it's definitely in my top 10 and not just because of all the memes from it i think it's actually a really good episode which episode i'm sorry the episode of the next generation i believe it's like season five where the tamarians show up Darmok. Right. That's something I said a lot about season one. We get more variety, right? It's because mm-hmm. you're in animation and you can do that. Obviously, the collector ship is full of references. I think we could spend an hour going through all of the references in there in that episode. Yeah. I mean, I looked up a list. So it's everything from Odo's bucket to Spock's jet boots to <laughs> what is not Sauron's helmet, apparently, but uh, <laughs> Riker's trombone. <laughs> yes. Is in one of those things. One of Data's paintings is in there. This particular collector had a very niche uh, collection. It was all about the Starship Enterprise and its various incarnations. I like that they referred to Enterprise D as the D, which is fantastic, which is something, you know, that fans do. So that was awesome. Overall, great episode. Really funny. I thought that all of the characters were handled well. Mariner is more tame and also kind of put in her place and she admits to being wrong a little bit which is the type of character growth i was hoping for last episode so i'm hoping last episode was just an anomaly and we're going to move forward i also really like the just straightforward indictment of abrams and i guess discovery for being (laughs) these action-oriented intense blah 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 right boimler has a couple of really good lines about all of that and about how that's not why he's there Right. And I get that it's a meta reference to the fan base and how we're kind of constantly split with every incarnation of Star Trek. But I like that they referenced it and reiterated where they're going to go with Lower Decks. Right. Overall, you can tell I'm very, very excited. I like it. (laughs) I'm hoping that we just go up from here. What did you think? I also enjoyed this particular episode, mainly because it's literally a direct reference to probably not one of the better episodes of Next Gen but one of the more entertaining episodes of Next Gen with the most toys. Oh, yeah. Where we get introduced to the collectors or the idea of a collector. Yeah, I'm sad that Saul Rubinek could not reprise his his role. I mean, they had some random person. I'm looking at his name here, Werner. Wasn't he in prison Kurs? at the end of that episode, though? The character? I mean, Didn't he get arrested? I guess it's been I, some time. Yeah. Who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, He did commit murder. Saul Rubinek played uh, Kivas Fajo. Uh, and it's fine. It's no big deal. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, there's some. I don't know what the there's. There is some joke that I'm just not getting about how they turned uh, a Tamarian into a puppet. I think that's just a joke in general. I don't know if that's a reference to anything. Not necessarily a, a reference, but like maybe some weird meta humor because he's a guy who says other things while meaning one thing because they speak in metaphors. Right. But they turn him into a puppet. So now. 
I, I don't know. There might be some joke there. I don't know. If that is some kind of meta reference that I don't get, please let me know. Uh, SciFiWiseGuys at gmail.com. It could be a reference to, there was an episode of Angel, the Buffy the Vampire spinoff, where he gets turned into a puppet. Maybe. It's maybe hilarious. <laughs> it's actually really, really funny. I also enjoyed our addition to the the, the team, Jet Manhaver, which ev- everything was great. Everyone liked him. And then they do the Star Trek thing where they just literally cut him out at the end of the episode. We're <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. there's, I, there's several episodes of TNG and, I mean, DS9. And Voyager, which is the worst offender. Where they're like, hey, this is, an, this is a new character. Let's never have him on screen ever again. Uh. <laughs> well, at least with TNG and Deep Space Nine and the original series, like people are transferring on and off the ship right or the station or whatever yeah it infuriated me when voyager would introduce characters and we never saw them again i'm like they they establish there's only like 150 people on the ship how do you (laughs) never see these people again yeah oh sorry they die they just don't bury them uh (laughs) wow everyone is an emh i don't know i don't know (laughs) but no this is a this was a great episode i enjoyed the titan i told you i figured jonathan frakes would do as much as he could to get back on lower decks so that's cool it was interesting like during the breakout or during the escape attempt when they're trying to like they're like this is where we die this is where we stand and boy was like uh no uh I do not want this, please. I don't want to die. And then I, I think it was Homegirls. Like I joined Starfleet to study Moss. Yeah. <laughs> Another joke that like, why is Jordy chief of engineering? Like all of a sudden in like, why is he on the battle bridge? Like, yeah. <laughs> why is he commanding the enterprise in a combat situation? Like these are things that people like, well, yes, they may be trained he's, for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a chief officer, right? I like right, that. Right, right, well, yeah. They were ready to go down fighting. Very new Trek. And Boimler's like, no, I can techno babble us out of here. I just made a reference to this exact scenario. Let's do it. Um, And I found the quote. I found the quote Boimler says near the end. Boimler, or maybe clone Boimler, we don't know. (laughs) He's back in the Cerritos. And Mariner says, so was the Titan as awesome as everybody says? And he says, I'm quoting, it was a bunch of complex characters thrown into heavily serialized battles, which always ended in mind-blowing twists and maybe question the basic tenets of, of my reality. But who cares about that? <laughs> yeah. Very good. I mean, yeah, he hit the nail on the head. I don't want to get into a big, long discussion about Kurtzman versus Berman versus Roddenberry versus Abrams. They all have positives. They all have negatives. We all have our, our preferences. I myself believe that we just haven't seen the better Star Trek yet. I'm thinking there's, there is some sort of melding of 90s and modern storytelling that, that I'm hoping we see uh, in my lifetime. Please, guys. CBS, Paramount, <laughs> well, whoever, get your crap together. I like the big action sequences, but they shouldn't be the focus. I like the Monster of the Week stuff, but let's not have it all be Monster of the Week stuff. There's a balance there that I'm hoping Lower Decks is starting to, to hone in on. And I'm a little upset that we haven't seen it in a live action yet. Not since the last season of Deep Space Nine, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think that the reason why the fan base is so split down the middle is very similar to another famous science fiction adjacent franchise, Star Uh-oh. Wars, where it's 16 minutes and 12 seconds. We almost made 20 minutes without a Star Wars reference. <laughs> Yay. A lot of people didn't like The Last Jedi. And the reason why a lot of people didn't like The Last Jedi is because it kind of upended the idea of what Star Wars is, much in a similar Mm. way to a very famous and very good video game from the early 2000s, Knights of the Old Republic, which literally took the idea of what it means to be a Jedi and flipped it on its head, 
Right. A lot of people think that, you know, the idea of a gray Jedi, someone who exists within the middle, who isn't a Jedi or a Sith, which is technically impossible because the Force is all about balance. You have very, very, very good people, the Jedi. I'm doing air quotes with all these things. And then very, very evil people, the Sith. You can't have someone in the middle because that's not balance. Or it is the ultimate balance. (laughs) You can't tip a scale if it's not scaling, right? I don't know. I think that right now we're just in a weird place in science fiction, not just in Star Trek. Because you see what happens when you have when you have such a huge negative reaction. They flip it completely back the other way and just remake yeah. another movie. And they call it, oh, this is um, the, the Rise of Skywalker. It just happens to look almost exact, like it's beat for beat, almost like Return of the Jedi or, or Revenge of the Sith. Who knew? I think Star Trek has a place. And I think it can be both. I think you can have the action sequences. I think you can have the heavy-handed morality stuff. I think you can have the slow burn sitting in a conference room talking about the implications of whatever choices we make. I, I think you can dissect and and have a discussion on whether or not androids are sentient life. I think you can do all that. Yeah. And at the same time, have the Titan fighting a bunch of pack-led ships. Heck yeah. Like, pew pew some lasers, know? bro. I think that just fandom in 2021 is just in a strange place where... I think there's a vocal minority that just wants things to go back to the way they were or they want things to just change to change. We talked about this on, um, I think, uh, Suicide Squad about how you've been watching Voyager and Deep Space Nine and there's parts where you're just like, okay, I'm done with the exposition. I no longer want them to talk about it. I want them to just get to the point and do whatever it is that they're going to do. Yeah. But I mean, there's times when I'm watching Star Trek and I'm like, man, I really wish they would have just, how come we couldn't have another meeting? <laughs> like what? Do we have to blow up the Romulan ship? Can we just, you know? Like... Yeah. No, I think that I just, I feel like I, like I said, I think there's a balance yeah. somewhere right? With, with the modern budgets and the modern spectacle with that, I guess, slower. It never felt slow. Like, like I'm rewatching these old shows the 90s mm-hmm. Star Trek, and it doesn't feel slow to me, but maybe it's because I grew up with it. It can be less action-heavy and still have the grandiose backdrops and the scale that you just couldn't do on the budget in 1997. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With 10 principal actors and a soundstage, yeah. Yeah, with a set that is obviously <laughs> just a set from Star Trek Generations that they painted over to make the mess hall or something i don't whatever um oh i think that the the mess hall in voyager becomes the conference room in star trek insurrection or the party room like they just anyways it doesn't matter there's some balance there and i know that discovery had a you know they went through a showrunner that got removed very quickly or left on its own accord whatever that was i think before they even aired the first episode and whatnot so i've given them a lot of slack they're getting back in the groove i think they keep getting better lower decks is is found its niche in being an equal parts homage and parody of 90s trek but with just enough new stuff, enough progression to make you make you like it, like make you enjoy it. It's not just 100% rehashes. And then you have whatever Picard was, which I, I don't know. So it, it, they haven't quite figured it out. They haven't quite figured it out. Look, I don't want to talk about Picard. All right. That's fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like they, they just, I, I'm hoping season two, I will watch season two and I, I have low expectations. <laughs> Fair enough. But anyways, and then you have the Abram movies made by a guy who's admitted to not even liking Star Trek. So I don't know, what the heck, you know? Yeah. 
That's fair. All that to say that I think Lower Decks is fantastic. I think it's equal parts funny. It adds to the lore of Star Trek and progresses things, as well as giving those long-term fans those little things, the little bit of the Easter eggs to like, oh, look at that. Ooh, look at that. Oh, it's Kalos's <laughs> Yeah, it's Kalos's fornication helmet. Yeah, of course he had one. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Gross. <laughs> Not judging. <laughs> <laughs> I got, obviously, I think we're both in agreement. Worth the price of subscription. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I think every episode would probably be worth the price of subscription. Probably. I don't know. So I still feel like these these should be longer. Does it feel like I don't feel like they're short? I feel like they get a lot done in twenty to twenty five minutes. But do you think they would be better off being the quote unquote full hour long? You know, the forty five ish minute long episodes. Uh. No, I think less than 30 minutes is actually fine. I think it's good. I think I'm just upset we're only getting 10 episodes. <laughs> I mean, possibly. I think it might just be we're just used to longer episodes in general. Sure. Like just in television where I, I, I mean, and this is going to sound like I'm I don't I don't watch very many animated shows. Right. Very rarely. I mean, for the most part, the only animated things that we watch is or that I watch are either for the podcast or something that I grew up with. But I think that 20 to 25 minutes is probably enough time, mainly because we they do just gain the benefit of having creative freedom to do stuff they can't do with real people or special effects. So you can get other things. You can have an A story and a B story at the same exact time, like literally happening, I would assume, parallel with each other, where you've got this kind of low risk, hey, we're going onto the ship because we need to, we're going to auction a bunch of stuff off. And then it turns into a struggle for their lives, right? Like it becomes yeah. this big life or death struggle. On the other hand, it, you've got this fast paced action sequence, like starship combat, and then boots on the ground, ground combat. And then all the way through, it completely flips until the very end, where instead of using violence or phasers to fix the problem, we use science. We use what we should have used to begin with. Like it's, yeah. it's weird that both of these stories happen at the exact same time, but just, like the sequences get flipped as you're progressing through one, it flips to what the other one should be doing at the same time. The other one's flipping to the, which is very well paced. So yeah, I think with 20, 20 to 25 minutes is good for that. Okay. Yeah. I think we've talked about it before, but sometimes having those limitations makes you more creative. The editing in this episode is fantastic. Very, very, very good. I just, man, I am surprised at how much they're able to stuff in there. The plot, the references. I mean, even the, the counselor shows back up for like a single line joke, essentially. And it doesn't feel like it breaks the pace or is a cutaway or anything like that, which was my, yeah. which would be my biggest fear is that it just becomes a, a family guy cutaway. No, I gotcha. Reference joke show. So I think what they, they keep the references in the background. Yeah. For the most they part, make yeah. it just part of the story instead of, cause I was watching another show with my wife, not science fiction, uh, the, a new girl. Or the new girl yeah, or something, new girl, Zoe yeah, or whatever. Girl. I can't watch that show for very long because it reminds me too much of Family Guy. Because they do that where they'll they'll make callbacks or jokes or references to something that happened in the past or something that happened while like off screen, and then we cut away to that scene being played out. The only difference is it's live action as opposed to a cartoon, and I don't enjoy that very much. I paused at a moment in the episode, and I'm looking, and I see a shark in a display case, and then what I think is curiosity. Oh, I think really? I'm looking the at Mars a picture. Rover? I think I'm looking at the Mars rover. I'm looking at timestamp 714. Nice. I do see some data paintings in here as well. It was more prolific than we knew. And that weird monster that's got the the salt monster. Yeah. Whatever that is. But yeah, all in all, good episode. 
totes recommend. I did not watch to the end of the credits. Was there a next time on? There's no next time on. Okay. Yeah. There's no information on IMDb on whatever the next episode is. Yeah, and there's nothing on Wikipedia either. So I guess we don't know. All right, well, awesome episode. Really happy with it. If y'all enjoyed this, please, you know, subscribe. Give us the thumbs up, the little heart, whatever it is on your podcasting platform of choice to follow us and get alerted when we release new episodes. Mainline episodes come out every Monday. These bonus episodes we're doing right now for Lower Decks are coming out every Friday. Stay healthy. Stay hydrated. And uh, do whatever you can to avoid becoming part of someone's collection. Don't join a menagerie. (laughs) Bye, guys. All right, man. Good pod. I have to head back. All right, so man. I'm going to stop recording now. Oh, I guess I should stop as well.